The Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone, Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone. Ooh. Hey, it's Zaddy. I'm going to advertise to you now. I like feeling good about what I eat, about what I drink, and about how I clean my home. And it's hard to feel good about cleaning your house when you've used toxic cleaning products full of synthetic fragrance. And you know your kids or your dog, and yes, you too, are going to be touching that countertop or wearing those clothes or eating from the dishes these products are washing. There's a reason why your air purifier goes crazy when you clean the house with all the chemicals and cheap cleaning product. And it's scary to think what it might be doing to us or our kids or our pets and the environment. That's why I'm so happy to have today's sponsor in my life. Branch Basics is a cleaning company that is free of synthetic fragrances. Synthetic fragrances have been linked to a myriad of health issues, asthma, allergies, skin irritation, respiratory issues, etc. You might have already noticed that you get headaches or a cough when you're using certain cleaning products with these synthetic fragrances. Branch Basics is non-toxic. It is free of endocrine-disrupting chemicals, or EDCs as I call them, that push our hormones out of whack. EDCs are environmental toxins that mimic your natural hormones, but without the benefits. They can affect your ovaries, adrenals, thyroid, and other glands, causing your hormones to go completely out of whack and with a myriad of unpleasant symptoms to follow. I reached out to Branch Basics when I discovered them because I love the peace of mind of knowing I wasn't causing harm to me or anyone else in my home when I clean, or Kara cleans, let's be real. I love that I can offer you the same peace of mind. So you can get 15% off any starter kit when you use the code ZADDY at branchbasics.com. I would recommend the premium starter kit for all your cleaning needs. That's what they sent to me. You get the Concentrate, a multi-purpose eco-friendly cleaning solution used for any cleaning job when diluted with water, the Oxygen Boost, which is an all-natural way to tackle the laundry, and three reusable spray bottles, a firming hand wash bottle as well, and a reusable laundry bottle. So the next time when you purchase, all you need to get is the Concentrate. Again, That is code ZADDY for 15% off all starter kits except the trial kit. Go to branchbasics.com, use the code ZADDY. Well, it's our first ever return guest, and it's Sirit Chavla. How's that? You like that? Not bad. Not bad. What? What? I made the the W a V. I nailed that. Chavla. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's so nice to have you back. Uh, let me introduce you and we'll get right into it. Our first okay. ever returning guest on the Zaddy Zone is Sirat Chavla. Nailed it. She is a psychotherapist based in London where she works in a private practice. She trained at the University of Roehampton in integrative counseling and psychotherapy and previously worked at the NHS. She describes herself as a bit of a nerd and a big Lord of the Rings fan, and her mantra is, I am not the monk on the mountain, I am in the trenches with you. Now, Sirit, something has happened to you since we last spoke. Yes. Uh, You seem to have elicited the response of an angry group of people. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what what happened? What did you do? Okay, so this is a bit of a, has a bit of a story to it, if that's okay. Um, Of course. So it started with the Andrew Tate controversy. You know, some of his videos came out and they were going viral of some of the kind of quite not okay things he was saying about women. And his we were kind of watching his meteoric rise. I think he gained about 2 million followers in a couple of months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so we all know what happened and he got booted off all the platforms. And I noticed a lot of people were saying things like... Um, 
Andrew Tate got famous because patriarchy hurts men too. And I just thought, come on, like it is, you know, that's the depth of the analysis here. There's no, there's nothing else it could possibly be. He got famous because of patriarchy. Anyway, I tweeted that he did not get famous because patriarchy hurts men too. He got famous because there's a growing class of disenfranchised young men. And, you know, they, his resonance should tell us something. The fact that he got so famous so quickly, you know, he also did have a bit of a cottage industry of his fans sharing his clips. And so, yeah, you know, there was a bit of that going on as well. But overall, someone doesn't have that kind of resonance unless there's a reason. And maybe we should think about that instead of immediately demonizing the people who resonated with him. In that, anyway, string of tweets, those three or four tweets, I can't remember, Something I said was that we need to care about men's mental health. And, you know, if we don't want more Andrew Tates, then we need to take this seriously. So then, because I said that, I kept my word and I started talking about men's mental health a bit more. And then I couldn't have predicted what would happen, actually. I couldn't have predicted people would get that angry about it. So to start, I thought it would be more, rather than me making arguments, which a lot of my posts are sort of me making an argument for something, let me just share the data. Because surely you can't argue with the data, can you? But yeah, you can. <laughs> um, and some of the stats I shared were awful, really awful. Like the more I look into this, the worse it actually seems. The picture the data paints versus the mainstream narrative, they're not married at all. They really aren't. And, you know, something like the biggest cause of death for men under 35, especially in the UK, is suicide. We don't hear about that, do we? Not at all. No, I didn't know until I started looking into this properly. Almost all homeless people are men. We don't talk about that either. Or the fact that there's so little for men out there in terms of mental health. There's a really interesting quote from Warren Farrell. I wrote it down. So one of the people who I found while looking into this was Warren Farrell. And he was a, I don't know what the right word is, but he was a male feminist and then he started talking about men's issues because he realized there was a dearth there and he's been vilified a lot. And he talks, he's written a book called The Boy Crisis, which I've just started. It's interesting. Mm. But he said something about, so he said he has no problem with society opening up the option for more feminine behavior for men and the same, you know, more masculine behavior for women. But that's yeah. not what we're doing. What we're doing is making feminine behavior the superior behavior and making masculine behavior toxic masculinity. And I think that's another reason Andrew Tate was so famous or got so famous is because he was, was leaving aside the horrible misogyny for a second. He was unapologetically masculine. And we don't have much mm -hmm. of that, do we? So anyway, I wanted to talk about this. I thought as a woman, maybe it wouldn't be taken as misogyny and people would see that it's coming from, you know, like a well-intentioned place. Anyway, they started reporting my posts and my posts started getting taken down. Just posts with this data. That's it. There was nothing, you know, there was nothing that violated any of Instagram's policies. And did it start with, if you don't mind me just interrupting, did it start with your post, Men's Mental Health Matters? That's when they started reporting and they started arguing with you? Or was it when, when you brought up male privilege? No, it started with the Andrew Tate post. Okay. Um, so, 
they were really angry about that because we want we aren't allowed to think of other possibilities. We have to say it's that Andrew patriarchy. Tate is yeah, that's the only option. We're not allowed to think of any alternatives, you know, God forbid. So that was the first one that got taken down. Instagram put it back up. Initially, when it got taken down, I thought, oh, maybe this is one of Tate's fanboys who's reported it because it's not completely favorable to Tate, who obviously I don't agree with. That was my first thought because there yeah. was so much going on. But as it went on, I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't this isn't that. It's these very, very, this group of very angry women and the comments and the DMs and the Twitter quote tweets, they've been wild, wishing death on men, laughing at the statistics, saying we should make all of these 10 on 10, you know, because talking about homelessness and the suicide epidemic and just abusive stuff towards me, calling me a bitch, calling me a pick me. I don't even know what pick me is supposed to mean, but a pick me. Yeah. I was, I saw that, um, a pick me is new to me, reasonably new to me as well. Uh, what I, I used to mm. call people like a fuck boy. Uh, it's now called a pick me boy. Mm-hmm. So it's those guys on TikTok that mm. I always mock, you know, those ones who are like, you know, like they're like, I love stretch marks. Those guys are called yeah. pick me boys. And so somebody's just saying okay. that to you, it's like, you know, your virtue signaling, like, and trying to get, you know, laid essentially, uh, which is, oh. which is, Ridiculous, but let, let me just read the post for people because I, I just I, I think I'll start at let's talk about male privilege. Your post entitled that, and these are the statistics okay. that you put forward. Eighty-seven percent of homeless people are men. Nine out of ten people who sleep rough are men. Most people in prison are men. Ninety-four percent of people who die at work are men. Most people who die in war are men. Men are more likely to be made redundant and less likely to be reemployed. White working class men are the least likely to go to university. Male victims of CSA and rape get less support than women. International labor laws protect everyone but men. Suicide rates are three times higher for men. These are complex issues. However, the overarching theme is that men are treated like they're disposable. Of course, women's issues matter just as much, but they are given much more airtime. You continued... We need to stop pitting the sexes against each other and start taking men's issues seriously too. There's a serious crisis of alienation. A good start would be to get a bit more curious and compassionate about the issues faced by men. And then, if you don't mind, I'll read a couple of these responses. Okay. Responses from women to you. Good. Another person said, their fault. Another person said, cry it out. Someone else said, need the numbers to be 100%. Someone in all caps wrote, let's go. Someone else wrote, and thank God for that. Someone else wrote, girls, let's do our best to make these numbers higher. Well, fuck you and the men. Someone said, yeah, but they deserve it. Someone said, with little dedication and hard work, we will continue to see these numbers increase. We're doing great, ladies. Deserved, someone else said. As it should be, someone else said. Let's make these numbers higher. Hope the numbers keep rising. Natural selection. This is funny because 99% of these things are caused by said men. 94%? Let's make it 100% soon. We cheered. Not enough dying, in my opinion. Let's keep it going. I will not stop until these statistics are 100% and 10 out of 10. I don't care. They deserve worse. Good. Let's keep it that way. Oh. 
Oh, I just find it so. What's your reaction as a man? I just, it's like, are we, are we human together? Like, is it hard? Are we not all battling it out? Can, can we not see that each of us has our own difficulties? You know, the thing about racism that I think about so often is that people who are racist are like, if we allow immigrants or, you know, the people who we think are coming to take our jobs to take our jobs that we won't have as big a slice of the pie, that we'll lose our bit. But I think that's the, not true. I think we can all thrive. And I think that more the more people that we allow at the table, it doesn't take away resources and goodness and and joy from everybody else. And what is this what is this idea that I mean it's just pure it's just it's it's unbridled sexism that we've come to just accept and go, oh isn't that that's completely fine. That's completely okay to say is that, you know, everybody who should be committing suicide is a man. Everybody who should be homeless is a man. Everybody who should be in prison is a man. It's like, oh I just think it's such it's, it's it's just horrific thinking that is now socially acceptable, and you know I could I could never write that I could never write anything like that about a woman on your post. You know I need nor nor would I want to, nor would I need to. It's, no. I, why is this morally acceptable? Why is this type of thinking morally acceptable? Well, look at it this way: Andrew Tate got booted off every single platform for saying the equivalent towards women. And he wasn't saying, he wasn't wishing, he was saying quite gross, very regressive things. But, you know, like he, he, I don't even know, let's say equivalent. And he got booted off every single platform, but this is absolutely allowed. It's completely socially acceptable for mm. women do, to do the same thing and a horde of them. There's no outcry you know, we're talking about it because we care about it. And like both of us aren't that afraid from afraid of like grappling difficult issues. But um it's completely socially acceptable to be as awful towards men as Andrew Tate was towards women. And there's no there's no repercussion. It, it's wild. And yeah, you know, like, well, there's so many things we're not allowed to say, like there's biological sex differences. We do know that. And we know there's, well, there's more violence towards women because we're not as strong as men. And there there are men that abuse that. So there are differences between the sexes. And that means that there are, in terms of sex, not gender. So there are different issues faced by each sex. And all that I was saying in these posts is that we know a lot about the issues faced by women. We talk about it a lot. They've, it's been given a lot of airtime. Maybe we should do the same for men's issues. Maybe that's important too. Maybe the fact that this man got really famous is an, is is a bit of an indicator or you know an alarm bell that we ought to pay attention to. Yeah, it's it's been in, so between that between um, not hating men and not celebrating the death of a ninety six year old woman. I've lost, I don't know, some 5,000 followers, I think, wow. in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny, yeah. isn't it? Because I've found like with losing followers, it's often when I am not what other people want me to be. 
you know, when you say yeah. things that they don't want you to say, like, oh, I, I don't yeah. think we should be mean to the queen as she dies. It's like, well, that's not what yeah. I want you to say. I want you to be, you know, yeah. F the colonizers, awful. you know, and when you write, you know, let's take care of men, it's like, no, F the man, F privilege. You're not saying what I want you to say, so I'll see, I'll, I'll see you later. When there's just one thing yeah. that's off. You know what's funny? When I lose followers, 75% of my followers are women. Uh, I lose followers when I mm. post Kara, my wife. Whoa. <laughs> I lost 2,000 <laughs> yesterday because, you know, uh, we, I posted us having you a baby moon. You posted the baby moon. Second yeah. baby on the way. So that means, oh, well, he's really unattainable now. He's really not going to be with me now. And I lost 2,000 followers in a day. And so you're going to go, okay. Because uh, it was going to be so easy <laughs> without yeah. Kara. People yeah, are exactly. so funny. I mean, it's um, just funny. I don't know if those two things are... A lot. I just say that they are. I do notice whenever I post Cara that it goes down. But that's it, it. I do think that it's so funny posting today. You either say what you want and you will get in trouble no matter what, or you just say nothing. Yeah. The only way that you can not get in trouble today online or or feel the brunt of people's sensitivities is just to not to say anything. Yeah. Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Can't remember who, who, whose quote that is. If you don't want to offend anybody, just you know, be a lump in the corner <laughs> with your mouth shut. And um, <laughs> that's your recipe for success. I don't yes. know. It's 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 really, really interesting. It sounds um, attractive. Look, <laughs> I want yeah. to do that. I wish I could shut up. I don't see that happening. No, I, I, I can't shut up. I, I, let me read you some statistics, though, because on Saturday night, or was it Friday night, Real Time with Bill Maher had... Professor Galloway of New York University, and he um, yeah. presented some statistics in regards to young men and why he worries about the future of this country because of what's going on with disenfranchised young men. These were his statistics that he said. Seven out of 10 valedictorians are women. Boys are 50% more likely to be suspended from high school. Women are two times more likely to graduate college than men. And out of the men, this, this blew my mind. Out of the men under 30 in America, only one in three has had sex in the last year. Out of all the men in America under 30, wow. only one in three has had sex in the last year. Isn't that? Well, because, and, and he said, like, we think of sex and we're like, oh, well, you know, he, but he's like, sex is like a huge thing. It means that we're relationally out there that we're like getting out into society and meeting people and, you know, uh, and, and, and face to face with people. It's just a huge like indicator of what's going mm. on. Um, what do you think about when you hear those statistics? It's not surprising. There's so much happening. I'm still learning about these things. So, you know, I'm not going to come at this like I'm an expert because I'm not, I'm, 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 immersing myself in this and trying to understand this problem. Mm. But when I hear things like that, it's not because I, I know that that's sim there are similar figures for university. Far more men drop out and far less men graduate than women. So that's something. In terms of sex, I don't know. I think that's, it is, it's, there's this whole incel culture. So there's two sides of that because some are involuntarily celibate, but there's also this group of men that seems to be men going their own way or something that seems to be part of the manosphere, that they're so sick of, of being sidelined that they've decided they're just going to go and do their own thing away from the rest of society, which is quite interesting. 
there's something about boys not learning to read or write at the same rates girls do and being able to read and write literacy is is a pretty important marker for whether you're going to be successful or you're going to be or you're going to fail so that's really important too so this is something that Dr Warren Farrell's stats because he's been talking a lot about the boy crisis as opposed to the male crisis which is really interesting and something that he identified is that in developed countries in all 53 developed countries boys on almost every single um metric there is are performing worse than girls and have higher rates of mental health problems so again there's there there seems to be something pretty serious happening here that is just glossed over by everything we don't we don't talk about anything that and, and anyone who does is relegated to the scrap heap of MRAs and you know creeps and internalized misogyny and pick mm. me and just discredited and and chucked aside anyone that talks about men is vilified and discredited and chucked aside it's like they're not even i don't know what it is almost like they're angry that you're talking to that group they don't even want us to talk to that group Yeah, it's uh I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about this a few times because people mock him for or or say like yeah but you know all of your followers you know are men or the people all people who listen to you are men and he's like why is that a problem? Why would that be a problem? Mm. What are they not allowed to be talked to? Are they not you know has it got to be for everybody at all times? What if there are particular issues for men which there are which need to be spoken about? But here's my question about yeah. what's going on with, you know, boys, particularly their mental health and their ability to, you know, do well in school, etc. What what is that a sign of? Mm. Like is it because I you know, I do get the sense like is this a societal in these in in these western nations particularly is this it is is this a, a societal thing that we push towards feminism and making sure that women get their have equality and have have more and men and boys are losing because of that but it can't be that is is it something else is it is it that or you know what is it i don't know if it's that simple i don't think we can blame all of it on mm. feminism and there's a need for feminism but i what i have to wonder about is when do we know that feminism has succeeded serious question and when when is that when has feminism done, done cuz you know when you think about fem- like feminism of the past it was to get the vote for mm. example but even history has been like feminist washed <laughs> so you know the the whole um suffragette movement and is about women didn't have the vote and women fought and got the vote etc and that's great but there was also a men's suffrage movement and working class men didn't have the vote either but we don't talk about that it's always the the sort of story that everyone thinks is true is that all men had the vote and all women didn't it's only upper class men that had the vote men who owned property it wasn't all the other people the people of color the working class men women no one had mm. the vote so it wasn't that straightforward so that's one thing you know even this idea of sort of patriarchy it's I think in the west it's an outdated theory now. I really really do. You know, the definition of patriarchy is a, a system where men have all the power and women are excluded from it. Well, we've just had a queen who was ruled for 70 years. That was a woman. The 
Prime Minister is now a woman in the UK, Liz Truss. The Vice President of the most powerful country in the world is a woman. She's so much it's not the, the women are being excluded from power. Yeah, she's pretty much the president. You can't say yeah. a sentence. Uh, and she's pretty much the president. <laughs> and not just that, but then we have, you know, the argument to that seems to be it's more men are represented, though there's less women. Yeah, but the point is there's nothing standing in a woman's way. If I decide now that I want to go and campaign and become an MP and then make politics my mm-hmm. career, there's nothing in terms of the law that's standing in my way. Absolutely nothing. And that is the point. But we just, we won't look at that, will mm-hmm. we? It's it's just one rhetoric and it's the same with boys i think the reason women got so angry with my post and this was the the overarching message i got was what about us what about women why are you talking about women you don't talk about women's mental health though and it was incredible it was sort of like the whole mental health field is geared towards women like are you hearing yourself mm-hmm. The entire therapy field is female dominated and it caters to women more, you know, much more than men Um, or like female typical behavior. That's all it's all geared towards that. Um, And I think the anger was that something was about men for five minutes and that it wasn't attacking them. I think that's what the, the anger was about. And it's completely socially accepted to attack men. And this whole, I think the reason they got so angry with the male privilege post was, but why are you saying that? Are you, dis, are you, um, what was the discrediting or are you saying you don't believe in male privilege? And like, actually, yeah, I'm questioning the idea. Sue me, but I'm questioning mm-hmm. it. Because, um, you know, when you think about your average working class man or the man who comes to take your, you know, the bin, the bin men, what is their male privilege? What privilege do they have by the patriarchy coming and taking away your rubbish? Or the men that bring your Amazon Prime or your Uber Eats? Mm-hmm. Where, where, when is their privilege kicking in? Yeah. You know, so there's there's different problems each sex has. And we shouldn't discredit or downplay any of them. But making it so all of women women's problems are caused by men. No, they're caused by some men. Right. There's some men who are violent and there's some men. But do you know who else they target? Other men. And they, you know, the response to that, again, is, you know, so a statistic for that. 80 percent of people who are murdered are men. I mean, we don't talk about that either. We talk about the violence against women. We never talk about the violence against men. Um, And they'll say, yeah, but that's a male-caused problem, so it's their own problem. Well, why are we, someone made a really good point in my Twitter comments, this guy, and he said, why are they saying that all men are one group? Why just stop there? Why not zoom out um, further at human beings? But we, again, that's not allowed. It has to be a zero-sum game where if men gain, then women lose. If women gain, then men lose. Mm. This is this is part of what I was talking about before. It's this, it's... Uh... It's like there's not enough for everybody, you know. Oh, we're gonna make sure that yeah. it's all for women and none for men. You know, that's what I'm talking about. It's like this, like, yeah. what's this? It's a scarcity. Like joy is a scarcity, or happiness is a scarcity. Doing yeah. well is a scarcity. So make sure that none of it's for men and all of it's going to women, because you know, men yeah. men have won across history and are just uh, and 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 you know, and then you like you see the you see the gardeners in L.A. and you see the guys, you know, exactly doing the rubbish. And you're like, what, uh, any woman can, they have it over every woman? 
like they have more privilege than any woman out there. I just mm. think it's such a, you know, we, we, I think we're better than this. Like, I think we all know that we're a bit better than this. The privilege isn't just based on, on purely identity. It, I mean, it's, it's like a mainstream thing and maybe it's just a social media mainstream thing. Right. I think if you get off social media, most people are fairly normal and reasonable and, if you talk about these issues, you find common ground on social media. You just get screeching, right? The screw once the screeching starts, that's it. You just sit there and take the screeching, yeah. and um, it's it, yeah. We've been given this one lens to look at the world through, right? And where it's being, we're all being forced to look through this. Like it's forced on everyone's eyes. You have to look at the world through, you know, the haves and the have-nots, and then you need to be really resentful. And like the whole, you know, this this exact what you've just described is why people thought it was okay to rejoice over the death of a ninety-six-year-old woman and think that makes them good people. <laughs> and it was incredible watching millennials say that, like. You know, I've sur- I'm a survivor of colonization. It's like, no, you bloody aren't. You were, you, you, colonization was long gone before you were even an apple in your parents' eye, my dear. Yeah. Like, you just weren't. <laughs> Stop making things up. Um, and it's the same with with men and this idea of of patriarchy. Well, if you want, if you must. You know, if you you know can't go to sleep at night and can't digest your food without believing there's a patriarchy, well then there's a few men at the top and you they can be the the rest of the men aren't right and if you insist on this idea of patriarchy hurts yeah fine if by that framing sure i don't believe it though i don't think there's just a few men at the top i think there's a few people who have power government power is distributed among men and women and um more than anything inequality is based in class not in um all this I don't know, identity stuff. Yeah. Um, the people, and you know, the identity stuff makes it so millionaires can say they're oppressed and um, working class men are considered oppressed, the biggest oppressors of all of society. Mm-hmm. And they're doing what? Taking away your rubber, that's your oppressor. And you'll find who says this the most? Mil- middle class women talk about being, you know, the male privilege thing. And it's like, you're sitting at home on your laptop, earning really good money in a nice mm-hmm. house, but the man who just brought you, delivered your coffee that you ordered, that's your oppressor. Mm-hmm. Get real. And, and, the, and the other thing about the idea of male privilege and the people who uh, spout about it is that so male privilege is across all men, all men, even of color. You know, it's like, wait, so wait, hold on mm. a second. Aren't you yeah. about identity? And, you know, if you're a person of color, therefore you're oppressed. And, but, but, Men are also people of color too, but they have the privilege because they're men. So what's, you know, how does this play in? And you're, if you're a white woman, well, then you're oppressed because you're a woman, but you're not oppressed because you're white, but you, so, you, so you're kind of half oppressed. And yeah. then are you more oppressed or less oppressed than a person of color who's a man? But, but Oh, but they're privileged because they're a man, but they're not privileged because they're a person of color. So they're kind of 50 percent oppressed too so they you know that's where we you know this type of it's almost it has to get mathematical but it's so stupid 
It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is all of intersectionality. And I think the point of intersectionality originally was that it was a legal thing, I believe. And it was so that you could look at um, cross-sections of people and try and understand the way they've been impacted within within the law mm. um, in a way that you might otherwise miss. You think about the fact that you know, a black woman for some re- for certain reasons would have it dif- more difficult than a black man. But that's not how it's applied anymore. It's, you know, it's been, again, once again, become this memification of, of these theories, right? Unproven theories mm. and unproven sort of ways of looking at the world. And now we have to look at the world that way. And it, it does get really ridiculous it's sort of i'll sometimes use it back to them somebody came to my page a couple of days ago to scold me and tell me you're you know how dare you you're basically a colonialist because you've said something nice about the queen i was like well as far as i can tell you're a white descendant of colonizers and i'm a woman of color and my country was colonized so frankly this is a microaggression she didn't like that it absolutely flipped her lid at me yeah Oh my goodness, that's good. You, you know, <laughs> Unless, using their language against them is always fun. Well, you have to because if if they really believe these things, then explain why it's okay to attack me. If you really believe the stuff that you think, um, why is it okay to attack somebody who's as intersectional as me? Mm. It's not, but it's just not a useful way of looking at the world. I think it breeds it really breeds resentment, and it has you constantly constantly looking out for something wrong that you can pick up on and 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 you know they call it problematizing constantly finding some some way that racism or misogyny or something there's no there's no room for people to make innocuous mistakes mm. there's no room for people to make mistakes full stop you know it's such a it's so religious it's just it's about purity moral purity within this within this intersectional theory yeah let's get um practical for a second if you don't mind i just in case there are any young mm. men out there listening to this or you know disenfranchised men or men who verge on that or people who know men who verge on disenfranchised or are disenfranchised what you're a therapist what can they do well for one i think <sighs> Therapy's become it's become this meme to say men will do X instead of going to therapy. And I don't think the answer for everybody is therapy. And again, that's the thing of like the female typical behavior has been made the default and male typical behavior is bad behavior. So not everyone resonates with therapy and that's okay. Not everybody wants to sit in a room and talk about their feelings. I think there's a major disconnect um, people don't actually understand what therapy is. I think if men had a better understanding of how analytical, good, proper therapy actually is, they might be, might, it might appeal to them more. But I think something that's really important is social support. So even if you don't in, like initially feel right, therapy is for me, think about social support in other ways. And something that I think all men need is brotherhood. That seems really important. Um, other men to be around, other men who understand. Um, again, it comes to like all men don't want to talk about their feelings, but you find that when the way men communicate with each other, so much is said, but not in words, in presence, in I get that, in a in a clap on the mm-hmm. back, um, in doing something together, I don't know, going and playing a sport together or something. That is really, really important. So that's one thing. The other thing is 
I think men really do need healthy outlets for aggression. So whatever that might be, combat sports or lifting weights or, you know, I don't know, digging a hole in your garden. I don't know. Yeah. But like exercise just men in need general. Some kind of like a, healthy outlet. A place to grit your teeth. Yeah. Give it your best. Sweat, growl. I was listening to, as I was saying, yeah. Professor Galloway from New York University say that, um, you know, working from home is a disaster for young men. Young men need to make sure that they shower and put on a clean shirt and they need the guardrails of being able to read a room. Uh, they need social connection in order to figure out like how I'm supposed to be and live my life. I, I really loved the analogy of guardrail, like young men need guardrails. But I also just think it's so important yeah. socially to figure out how to yeah. talk to people and, you know, get out and to, and to get out there in person and be able yeah. to like converse and ask questions and be interested. And, you know, you, you know, you, you work from home and then you go out on an online date, let's just say you're lucky enough to get one of those on a Friday night. You don't know how to mm. converse. So then you're, you know, you're stuffed either way, you know. So the importance of, of being able to converse, the importance of, of socialization, the importance of like, like you said, community, brotherhood letting out aggression in a, in a healthy way, not getting drunk and high during the week, you know, so you, you can go out and let loose every once in a while. But That's the other thing um, of the statistics. So there was some uh, more men um, develop alcohol dependence and more men use and die from illicit drugs. Mm. Um, and I think that's because they lack. What, what happens is like we use things like these substances or use alcohol or, you know, like drowning your sorrows. If you don't have anywhere to turn and you're carrying this burden and there's so much stigma around men actually coming out and saying what is perceived as weak, I think it's just you're so much more likely to to figure out some, you know, something you can do for yourself that numbs the way you're feeling. Um, and I think that's that's a really, really big part of it. So that's why social support or some kind of connection with other people is really important. I think m most men don't open up emotionally to anyone except for their intimate partners. Yeah. And I hope we can change that. I really, really do. Um, and then when it comes to therapy, I think, well, there are you know, some men do feel more comfortable with men, just like some women feel more comfortable with women. Seeking out a male therapist, maybe that's the way to to access psychological therapies. Um, and also to understand that proper psychotherapy isn't just sitting there and, you know, like hashing out, talking about your feelings and crying and being told, I validate you. It's actually work. Um, it's analytical. It's back and forth. It's sort of excavating things that have never had room to be looked at before. Um, it's about making meaningful change in your life. It's, you know, it's not necessarily what you think it's going to be. Mm. So I think that's important to say as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can get some of those elements down, starting with, start with brotherhood. I think that's achievable for a lot of guys, I hope. Um, it's interesting what you said about hopefully they go on a date and whatever, but that's, Another part of it, men are doing so badly on dating apps. Like I remember when I was on the apps, I could just, no matter who I swiped right on, I'd match with them. Whereas men can swipe right a thousand times and match with no one. Absolutely no one. So there's like a few men who do really well off dating mm. apps, but the majority of men don't. There's so, there's so many layers to this. The way we're kind of living online now rather than in person, um, the commodification of people, because that's what a dating app really is, right? You're looking at people like their products um, and buying or not buying. Yeah. 
and the alienation of men. And then women also worry for their own reasons of, is it safe to, yeah, it's just, there's so much here that's really hard to even pass out. Um, you follow Rob Henderson, don't you? I'm learning. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Anyway, I saw a post for, for, by him yeah. the other day saying that most women have the the height of their, the men that they want set to six foot and above, which is only 13% yeah. of men on dating apps are only are six foot and above. So, like, naturally they're, <laughs> what they're saying is <laughs> that it's like this, you know. And we could say something else to that. If and I noticed, I noticed when I was on the apps that men who are six foot or even just below six foot, they always have it in their profile, hoping that that'll get them right. a swipe. But imagine if men, or not imagine if, whenever men have uh, something that goes the other way, like if men had a height prerequisite for women or a weight prerequisite for women, imagine how that would go down. Hmm. There's, we do have a lot, of, a lot of double standards here. Yeah, um, I, I want to speak. Just a little bit more about uh, what we can do for young men. I, I, let, let me just speak about my uh, experiences with practically talking to people, uh, men in particular, about their feelings and having them open up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a talk with a friend the other day who he, he was telling me about a, ch- a chat that he'd had with another friend, and he'd and the friend was like, "I've had a really hard year this year," and he responded. My friend just said, "Well, I'm always here if you want to talk," and then that was the end of the conversation. Mm. And, uh, and I said, uh, you know, I didn't scold him, but I was like, look, that's not how you do it. Because if you tell somebody, you can always come and talk to me, they're not going to, particularly men, they're not going to do it. You need to go to them, you know, or you can always call me. No, call them and ask twice. How are you? I'm fine. No. How are you really? Twice. Strong people particularly men who've been told they need to be strong in order to be men, in order to be worthy of love, they need to be asked a couple of times. And doesn't not just men, I'm sure there are women out there who are just like yeah. that too, who really need to be given the opportunity to yeah. be, right, like you, yeah, who, who really need to be given the opportunity and know that there's, a, there's, a, like, there's an open ear right here. I want you to tell me. I really want you to tell me how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, when we look at, the mainstream stuff about therapy online, like Insta therapy or just, you know, which, which kind of leads the, the conversation on this. It's absolutely geared towards one small group, which is, it's usually middle-class liberal affluent women, women making content for liberal, liberal, liberal class. Oh, I can't say the tongue twister, <laughs> making content for that group. And it leaves out everybody else. It leaves out people who are low in neuroticism. It leaves out all the men. It leaves out people who um, aren't that, you know, on the thinker-feeler spectrum are more thinkers rather than Mm -hmm. feelers. It leaves out anybody who's a little bit stoic. It leaves out swathes of personality types. It's just for that one tiny demographic. Mm. And um, yeah, we, we don't, we, you know, things like the kind of advice they give you about boundaries and how to offer care or support or whatever, that doesn't work for most of us. And yeah, you do need to, you do need to put in a bit more effort than um, assuming everybody's as much of a sort of emotionally communicative as you, because not everyone is. Right. Not everyone yeah, is. Talking to a man who's a, you know, who's a bricklayer and asking him his attachment style or telling him about 
tell me about, <laughs> you know, it's like, he doesn't know what you're talking about, you know, and then like <laughs> saying everything no. like, got you guys, are you gaslighting or gatekeeping? <laughs> Let's talk about trauma bonding. It's like, leave, he, does, he doesn't know what you're talking about, oh. you know. Maybe we should, you know, uh, uh, meet on meet on this person's level so that we can actually have a conversation. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that he doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's not flawed in any way. Not everybody needs to or is interested in, you know, this pop psychology buzzword nonsense. Not everyone's interested mm-hmm. in it. And it's fine. I'm a therapist and I hate it. <laughs> it's okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, you don't just act like a normal person mm. and you don't have to go to people and say, you are worthy yeah, <laughs> or any of that. You can literally just, you know, be there, be just be a normal person and be there with them or for them. Uh-huh. And, you, you could always, yeah. you, that would be a very funny, you know, you are worthy. And he's like, <laughs> what? Skit. What, are you, what are you talking about? I know you have trauma. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are we talking about right now? <laughs> you don't want to talk about your feelings. I think this is trauma. It's like, stop. Are you gaslighting me? <laughs> okay. I, yeah. You're totally gaslighting me, Bricklayer. <laughs> You're gatekeeping the term gaslighting. Uh, I want to ask you about, because you're, you're a pom. You're a Brit. If you don't know what pom is, uh, it's what Aussies call Brits. It yeah. means prisoner of Mother England. Um, so what's going on over there, man? Because <laughs> you poor, it's it's been sad. It's been a sad like week, hasn't it? Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so most of Britons like it's it's a funny mix because Brits don't behave like Americans. Mm-hmm. So even the ones who don't like the monarchy and the ones who um, think you know, we really need to rethink this now. They're not going to be screaming, colonizer, thank God. That's just not how Brits Mm. behave. So most people, I think, find it quite sad because it is a bit of an end of an era. Whether or not you agree with I'm not a monarchist or a royalist, I think taxpayers should not be funding them. But an old lady who gave her life for this country and... um, it's kind of been a bit of a touchstone, hasn't she? For me, it felt sad because I thought she's ruled all of my life and she ruled all of my mum's life. And, you know, for me, like I'm grieving and it. someone said very eloquently, all of us have these embers of grief within us. And when someone that we don't know who's famous dies, there's a way to sort of publicly grieve together because grief is normally really lonely. And I think there's a lot of that. I think a lot of people really really did love the queen there's a lot of brits who really did love her and that's okay they're allowed to and they're they are sad and it's sort of the end of a certain chapter in history and so there's a lot yeah i think it's quite somber um equally a lot of people are not fans of charles um so that's kind of coming up as well but most people tend to be you know even if you don't like her or don't care people are quite respectful i think yeah, I you know I struggle to except on social media. I, I struggle to say what um, I loved about the Queen or what she did that it was so great. Like, but um, I I loved I loved uh, I loved her, and I I just can't tell you why. <laughs> she was always there, I suppose. Like you said, yeah. like she was just always there, like a touchstone. And I know that she yeah. did do great things. I mean, I kind of watched the Crown. Well, and, familiarity, yeah, familiarity. Yeah, I watched the Crown and was like, oh, I I think I love this woman. 
seem to just be like a lot of burden to be put on a person's shoulders without their you know, without their consent, really. It was like, I don't really, I was born into this and here I am. And yeah, this is really tough. The media is always watching me. But also this is a person who like, you know, supported Winston Churchill as the Poms, you know, went to fight Hitler. It's pretty big. Hmm. Hmm. There's that. There's, there's all those chapters in history, like her coronation was when Winston Churchill was, that was her first prime minister. And she's gone through like been there through so many di- like all the different things she's done and when you think of celebrities you sign up to like for you you're an actor and you signed up to go and be a public figure and to have people scrutinize you and i guess all that stuff but you know she was born into it and she knew she was never going to be able to choose her path her path was laid out before her and i think things like the crown they humanize these people and just on a human being level like a human to human level you can think oh that must have been tough mm-hmm. right to not have a choice about your future have absolutely no say in it and but you go and you you give yourself to it fully and perform your duties with dignity and and um whenever she needed to or even when she didn't need to show up for the country again without you don't have to love the monarchy to see that those are admirable qualities um but yeah but no sorry that's not on loud so you're gonna have to edit out of the podcast what which bit uh you're gonna have to edit all of that anything good we've said about her <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm no, joking totally. i yeah it, it's it's it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because we're talking about somebody and we're almost talking about them as if they were oppressed when, you know, um, in 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 the ideology yeah. of, of the oppressed versus the oppressor, she is the oppressor. But we can almost, we can empathize with her by looking at her life and going, oh, that would have been hard. Well, this, they're so historically illiterate. Yeah. They're so historically illiterate because she she saw the decolonization, oversaw that. That was her reign. She was never part of it but then they they do their mental gymnastics and then they say yeah but she was a symbol of a past of imperialism and you know all these people who have been hurt have been hurt by colonization I was like well my my family was hurt by colonization mm-hmm. um they had to leave pakistan and come to india when um when um you know the two countries were sort of divided or the country was divided and lost everything and had to rebuild from the ground up. And it was a, I mean, partition was this awful, awful business. And under colonization or colonialism, there was, you know, a lot of things happened. But it's like they don't realize there's the whole history that happened before fucking colonialism. That wasn't the only thing in all of history. Like before um, the Brits invaded India, the Mughals did. Before the Mughals did, the Persians and the Greeks did. Before them, the Aryans no, did. No, you know, People Alexander the Great was a. They great- didn't do it ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and then look what we're doing to Kashmir now, India, the oppressed. Well, look what we're doing to Kashmir, um, and we're just. It's ridiculous and at some point it's the same people who will be 40 50 or 60 and still saying oh my mom didn't hug me enough there's the same sort of psychology to say 200 years ago this thing happened and i'm gonna still have a personal grievance about it but at some point you have to move on decide to live for yourself it's your choice it really is but don't vilify the rest of us who um who don't want to sit there 
absolutely mired in grievance. Mm. Yeah, I heard somebody. Oh, my friend the other day was speaking to me about he had a he had a horrible disease as a kid, and he nearly and he nearly died. And um, uh, he's a celebrity, and a lot of people come to him and say, "Hey, could you speak up about this disease that you had? Because my son has it, or could you please pr- uh, promote my son's GoFundMe because he has this disease?" And uh, he's always a little bit trepidatious about it because he says, I don't want to be defined by the things that have set me back, that have been hard for me. I want to be defined by overcoming those things. And I thought that was such an interesting way of thinking about it. And I think it's what you're saying now. It's like, I don't want to be defined by how horrible colonialism was to my family. You know, I don't want to be defined by the difficulties that I go through. I kind of want to be defined by my overcoming of those things. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny you said that because I think I tweeted that almost verbatim, oh. that I'm not a victim, I'm the person that overcomes, something like that. Um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, and there's so much more that defines us than us being men or women or people of colour or white or whatever, instead of dividing. And again, this is going to be said, your privilege is showing no if I really tell you about my history and about what, you know, I've had to go through and in some ways are still still going through, I'm not fucking privileged. Um, so, you know, that argument can be flushed down the toilet. But we need to stop this. What we've been doing the last few years is is we're, we're tearing ourselves apart. Um, we, we dehumanize people. Um, this whole thing, this whole episode of women crowing about let's let's bring the numbers up to ten on ten. Let's isn't it great that men kill themselves? Um, if if you can't see that this is a sign something really ter- something has terribly gone wrong, then I can't really help yeah. you. You know, I hope I hope people can take heed of this and we can stop. Um, stop this constant, if you have something, I can't have it sort of thing. Yes. There's enough There's enough um, meaning, joy, happiness at the table for everybody. It's an, it's an, it's an infinite um, resource. Yeah. We don't have to cut other people out of the pie in order to have more pie ourselves. It's like there's no uh, – it's an infinite pie. Um, <clears throat> and I just – yeah, it's, it's, un, it's unfathomable, the stupidity of those thoughts. And like I said before, like these are the people who crow about, you know, racism – and sexism, but will paint an entire paint the entire gender of male, you know, paint the entire sex of male to be um, worth killing, worth killing themselves. Not knowing that they're actually talking about yeah. whether they like it or not, they're talking about men of color too. And so they're kind of showing themselves, yeah. aren't they? They actually don't give a shit. They actually yeah. there's, there's no virtue here. It's no. actually like kill them all. It's like really, no. really some some pretty. Um, huge dictators throughout history uh, I think you would learn to love, you know? Well, we have a whole, um, I think it's socially accepted sadism. It's a way to let all your base instincts and, you know, the the, cru- the cruelty that we all have, we're all capable of. It's a way to let it out while believing that you're somehow morally superior or virtuous. It's a virtue signal now to be hateful as long as you hate the right people. Right. Like really think about that. It's a virtue signal to be hateful as long as as long as you hate the socially approved people. So, you know, the, that's not a great quality. It shows that you're 
so easily led by what's happening around you. You can't think things through. And that if you have the opportunity, you will be, you will hurt people. You're okay with that. Sirat, um, I love you. How do we keep in contact with you? Um, I'm on Instagram, which I don't know if anyone's seeing my posts anymore, but I'm there. <laughs> I am. Don't worry. <laughs> and, uh, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> and um, it was really funny. I saw today it was shown to 10,000 followers, zero non-followers. So they're really like, like, um, okay, so Instagram, Twitter. This person upsets people. Yeah. This person says what's not socially approved. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, and you have a website too. And there's there's things going on on your website right now, aren't there? Like yes. you're doing a course or something. Yes, I have a um, I have a membership which um, is kind of like a response to these things. I'm fed up of the misinformation and of the like ideology and all the stuff that we have to deal with on social media. So I wanted to create somewhere where you get a library of courses that we consistently add to, which are, you know, like no fluff, no nonsense, good info. There's no misinfo in them. And um, we do monthly hangouts where we can actually talk about these Mm. things um, off social media, face-to-face with other human beings. And it's people of different views. And it's so interesting. The conversations are really enriching and and good. Um, And we have a group forum and I do webinars every time a new course goes up. So there's tons that I'm packing in there. And it's a monthly sort of subscription thing. And I have a sub stack where I write articles and, and things mm. like that. Um, I don't know why, but I just suddenly felt this urge to uh, encourage you. I feel like, you know, it's really hard. You know, it's we both follow a guy named Biolane, who's like a really um, loudmouth, very smart fitness influencer, um, I guess you'd call him, but he's a doctor too. He's I love great. him. But he's so smart. Yeah. But so often what he does is calling out the misinformation of other people when I know that he's got so much more to offer. And that's one, the one thing that annoys me about him. I can't say the same of you, but I will say that, you know, it's good to focus on all the things that you do know that aren't in answer to the horrors <laughs> and the stupidity of certain people online. And so I just want to encourage you, like, keep keep educating despite – Keep educating on things that you're passionate about that aren't in answer to the haters and to the to the mob. Keep, you know, mm-hmm. keep putting your thing out there that's not about that too. It's it. hard, I know, because <laughs> I know what I know the feeling. But it's um, but you've got so much to offer that isn't just like, you know, about cancel culture, the mob, the, like politics right now, and uh, and and insta yeah. and in, what's it called insta insta therapy. You've got a lot a lot to give. Insta therapy. So just keep giving us that too, even whilst you fight on against the mob. I will. That's a good, um, I will take that in because there's definitely something I notice sometimes like, uh, everything is a, not this, this is Right, right. Everything's in answer to something else. (laughs) And, you know, there are great thoughts that can, you know, stand on their own two feet that you could put out to the world too, that you've got. Yeah. Well, you're a legend. It's a pleasure talking to you. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Zaddy Zone, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our podcast five stars. And if you feel so generous, please write a review. Say how much you loved it. Um, I only want to provide value to you, and I hope you're feeling some value by listening to it. We're not asking for any money. Just a nice old rate, review, subscribe. XOXO.
Sorry.